If you were a 14 or 15-year-old girl and you got visited by an angel and that angel told you that you were going to become pregnant supernaturally through the Holy Spirit and that your child would save all of humanity, how would you respond? We're going to talk about that next on 41 Strong. Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. Chuck Tate here back in the Widecast Studios, downtown Peoria, Illinois. Got frosted with a little coat of snow this morning. It's looking all Christmas. So we're going to kick off a three-part Christmas podcast series. Just remember, 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help people hold on and stand strong. For more information about 41 Strong, you can go to my website, chuckytate.com. And of course, if you're looking for information about 41 Will Come, you can go to 41willcome.com. My book, as you can see on the table, is available for purchase at Amazon.com. We have the soft cover like it's being displayed right now. You can also get the Kindle version, you know, which is an ebook version. And um, if you're into what I'm into, I'm all about Audible books. We even have an Audible version that I had the privilege of narrating. So take advantage. It makes a great Christmas present, good, good gift idea. And um, yeah, so take advantage. So I also want to, to let you know that we have a free seven-day reading plan called 41 and Will Come that's available on the Bible app version. So if you have version on your, on your phone, then I encourage you to sign up for the free seven-day reading plan and let me know what you think. All right, that'll give you a good, good taste of what this book is all about. And that book led to this podcast where we're trying our best to throw down hope on a regular basis. So today, let's get into it. It's, it's, we're in the Christmas season, and I had the opportunity just a few days ago to go to Chicago uh, with our student pastor. We went to the Bears-Cowboys game and then stayed in downtown Chicago and got up the next day and hit the world's largest Starbucks and we're on the magnificent mile, Michigan Avenue, taking in the sights and the sounds of Christmas. So we're going to kick off this three-week series, or three-part series, I should say, called Awkward Christmas. Awkward Christmas, because this story is awkward. So we're going to begin by looking at this story through the eyes of Mary, all right? And then in episode 154, we're going to look at this story through the eyes of Joseph. So I want to begin by going straight to Luke chapter 1. That's where we're going to hang out in this podcast. Our next podcast will be in Matthew chapter 1. All right? But here's what it says. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. So I'm just going to break this down today verse by verse and hopefully allow you to see this story um, in a way perhaps you haven't, haven't seen before. We're just going to draw everything out of it. 
So I want to first establish that Elizabeth is a relative of Mary, and her husband is the high priest, Zechariah. And she is pregnant with John the Baptist, all right, who was related to Jesus and prepared the way for Jesus. All right, so they ended up pregnant at, at the same time. And what's interesting about this story is Elizabeth was barren. She wasn't supposed to have any kids, and she is old, all right? Now, Mary, scholars believe, was around 14 or 15 years old. So both are going to be pregnant at the same time, both miracles. Elizabeth is barren, and of course Mary gets pregnant while she's still a virgin. All right? And you may um, also notice that God sent this angel to, to Nazareth, all right? Now, in contrast to Jerusalem with its um, massive building projects and a lot more wealth, Nazareth was a lowly village. Um, I would kind of compare it to in central Illinois, the, the, the Creve Corps of the Jerusalem region, right? Not to throw Creve Corps under the bus, because what's great about this is Jesus chose to come from Nazareth, all right? I'm just saying in our region, in our area, there's a little town called Creve Corps that when comedians come to town, they usually throw it under their bus, all right? So Nazareth doesn't have a, the greatest reputation when it comes to wealth and prestige, and I love that's where Jesus chose to show up at, right? Now, um, I, um, I just want to point out that um, Philip, later on, who would be one of the disciples uh, of Jesus, when he told Nathaniel that Jesus, who was prophesied about, was here, here's what um, Nathaniel said. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Of course, we know something good did come from Nazareth, right? And that's where Jesus came to show up. And I think it's interesting to point out that God chose one family through whom his son should come into the world, and he bypassed the ruling families around Jerusalem and instead went to a humble teenage girl from a lowly home in an obscure village in the distant hills of Galilee. All right, verse 27. Now, um, it says that so God sent this angel Gabriel to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And when you look at that lineage, when you look at the genealogy of Jesus, you'll find it has awkward all over it. There is prostitution and incest and all kinds of stuff that would fit perfectly on Jerry Springer. That's the ancestry of Christ, right? Which gives hope for every one of you listening today, no matter how awkward your family situation is, no matter how screwed up you might think your family is, the good news is there's hope, right? Because of Jesus. So um, Gabriel, the angel, shows up to speak to Mary. I also think it's interesting that this is Gabriel, the angel Gabriel is a messenger, and he's only mentioned three times in the Word of God, twice in this passage, because Gabriel is the angel that went to Zechariah, all right, the father of John the Baptist, and now Gabriel shows up to deliver this message to a virgin named Mary. Now, she's already engaged to Joseph, and in podcast episode 154, the next one, we're going to look at this 
story through through his eyes. But I, I want to just give you a little a, a little history on what it meant in this day to become engaged. You know, even marriage in our culture today is pretty much like rolling the dice. A lot of people, their mindset is, hey, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't work out, hey, we'll get divorced. All right, and it, it, it's sad because people don't go in fully committed. I mean, a lot of people do, but there's a lot of people that don't go into marriage fully committed. Now, a, bet, a betrothal period back in this day was often a year, and Jewish tradition suggests that couples in Galilee, they weren't even left unchaperoned during this time. So betrothal involved a financial agreement between families, and it could only be ended by divorce or death, even an engagement. All right, and of course, this engagement concluded with the wedding night, at which point the marriage could finally be um, consummated sexually. All right, and that's a whole other podcast. All right, so this, I just want you to understand that this is so much more binding than a modern engagement. This is virtually a form of marriage. The couple didn't live together, but a divorce was needed to break the relationship. And of course, we're going to find out that Joseph, once he found out, Mary was pregnant. He was going to break the engagement, but that's our episode next week, 154. So let's go to verse 28. So Gabriel, this angel, this messenger from God, appears to Mary. This is the same angel that appeared to Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 when Daniel prayed, and 21 days later, three weeks later, this angel showed up named Gabriel who said, I'm here in response to your words when a decree, when you prayed, the very first moment you prayed, a decree was issued in heaven, but I was doing battle in the heavenlies, and Michael, the archangel, had to come and assist me, so here I am finally to deliver this message. All right, so I think it's interesting that now in the New Testament, in the Gospels, the same messenger is showing up to deliver this huge message. This is, there's a lot of weight in the words that this angel is delivering. And here's how he begins. He says to Mary, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. All right, out of every woman in the history of the world, Mary was chosen to be the mother of Jesus. All right, this is, this is huge. So Mary is a humble young lady, most likely a teenage girl who was highly favored by God. And out of everyone in history, she was chosen. All right, and she is the only woman to ever conceive supernaturally. All right, she had not yet had sexual relations with Joseph. She becomes impregnated by the Holy Spirit supernaturally. So this is, uh, is hard to comprehend, right? And I want to point another thing out. So Mary should be held in high esteem. I think Mary should, should be, be honored, but it's also important to note that she should never become the object of your worship, of my worship. We honor her, we hold her in high esteem, but we don't worship her, we don't pray to her. She doesn't need to go to God on our behalf because here's what the word says in 1 Timothy 2, 5, there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, and it's Jesus, and it's Jesus only, all right? So I'm not here to make anyone feel bad or, or put anyone else down for their beliefs, but when we look 
at Scripture in the Word. There's one mediator between God and man. The man is Jesus. So that's who we, even Jesus said when we pray, we pray, our Father who art in heaven, we're praying to God. Jesus is that mediator. We have a relationship with God through Jesus. So we don't need to talk to Mary and pray to Mary and have Mary do anything on our behalf. In fact, she was in the upper room with the disciples when the church was birthed, and she was there to worship Jesus as God herself. All right? All right. So, um, but it's incredible that she was chosen out of everybody. And the the young woman that, that she was highly favored. And when she received these words from the angel, the word says that she was confused and she was disturbed. And if we look at this through her eyes, we would be confused and we would be disturbed and I would be completely out of my mind freaked out, right? So this is what it says in verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could possibly mean. And as she's contemplating this, as she's confused and she's disturbed and she's freaking out, this angel calms her down and says, Mary, don't be afraid. The angel assures her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus and he will be very great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Earthly kings, every single one of them, had a kingdom that came to an end, but not Jesus. This angel told Mary, this son that you're about to birth, He's going to save humanity. His kingdom will never end. He's going to reign over Israel forever and ever. Not just one generation or two generations, but it's never ending. So Mary responded like I would respond, like you would respond. Here, here's what she said in verse 34. She asked the angel, but how can this happen? How can this happen? I'm, I'm a virgin. I mean, I, I mean I'm... I am going to give birth and my son is going to have a kingdom that's never going to end, but um, I haven't been with Joseph because we're not married yet. So how in the heck can this happen, right? We would all ask that. Verse 35, the angel replied, we will put something in the water. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God, right? Because he couldn't be born as a result of Joseph sleeping with Mary because he would be born into sin because of what Adam and Eve did back in Genesis. That's probably a whole other podcast. So this birth is going to be supernatural, taking place by the Holy Spirit. Then the angel went on to say, What's more, your relative Elizabeth, who we read about in verse 26 when we um, began this podcast, right? Um, so your, your relative, um, I lost my place. <laughs> your relative Elizabeth, she's become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her six months. So Elizabeth is six months pregnant. She's not supposed to have any kids. She's old. She's 
barren, and the angel says, that's a miracle in itself, and now God's about to do a miracle within you, Mary, because verse 37 says, the word of God will never fail. And I just want to stop for a moment and encourage you. We only have a few minutes left, but I just want to remind you that God's word can't fail. So weigh, God's word, weigh everything with God's word. God's word gets the, gets the bottom line. I mean, God's word is, has to be more important than man's opinion. It has to be more important than what's popular in culture. It has to be more important than everything. So we read the word, believe the word, stand the word, declare the word. Everything's all about the word. And we know in verse 37, the word of God won't fail. So I just want to encourage you during this holiday season, no matter what you're going through, some of you right now, you're in a season that you need to end. And I just want to encourage you to trust God and trust his word because his word cannot fail. And if you have a problem, you're a candidate for a miracle. You can't have a miracle unless you first have a problem, right? So in fact, Mary's problem was she's supposed to get pregnant, but she hasn't been with Joseph. So God does a miracle supernaturally. What do you need today? What are you expecting God to do? What are you praying for? What do you believe in God for? What are you standing in the gap for? What have you asked other people to pray for you about right now? Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. What 41 will come. You might not get the answer you want or even in your timeline, but God will show up. He will respond. He will answer and his word will never fail. And that's good news right there. Right? All right. So verse 38 says this. I am, here's how Mary responded. And this is how we should respond. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have just said, Gabriel, may everything you've just said about me, may it come true. And then just like that, the angel was gone. How would you respond to those kind of words? How do you respond when God is asking you to do something? When he's asking you to step out in faith? When he's asking you just to believe him? Even though in the natural it seems crazy, it seems impossible. Remember, with God all things are possible. And I want to be like Mary. I want to respond the way she did. Hey, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have just said about me come true. You know what God's word says about you? That you're his masterpiece and you're his workmanship and that he created you and he fashioned you in your mother's womb and he has plans and purposes not to harm you but to fill you with hope and future. God's placed gifts, talents on the and abilities on the inside of you. He goes on ahead of you to set up divine appointments. He's for you. You're highly favored of him. Psalms 5.12 says that the Lord surrounds the righteous with his shield of favor. So let your faith rise right now as you're listening to this podcast. Be encouraged that God has big plans for you. He wants to use you you just need to respond like Mary. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm going to believe your word because it won't fail. May everything you have said in your word come true. May everything you said about me come true. And here's another little encouragement. God will use you regardless, regardless of your upbringing, regardless of how you were raised, regardless of your, quote, awkward family. So I have less than a minute left, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you five ways that God responds. All right? Number one, God responds to your surrender. Mary surrendered, and God responded. And his word came true because Mary was obedient. So God responds to our 
Surrender. God wants to use you. Are you willing to be used? Mary was willing. Joseph was willing. Jesus was willing. I want to be willing. Number two, God responds to our faith. The only way that Peter walked on water was stepping out, and God responded to his faith. Jesus responded to his faith. God always responds to our faith. Mary stepped out. Are you willing to step out? What, do you, what, what is God waiting for you to step into or to step out of? All right, number three, God responds to our obedience. He always responds to our obedience. God responded to Mary's obedience. We're going to see in our next episode that God responds to Joseph's obedience. Number four, God responds to our sacrifice. When you make sacrifices, you're storing up treasures in heaven. God sees he will reward you and bless you. God always responds to our sacrifice. And number five, God responds to our faithfulness. God is faithful. The question is, will I stay faithful? Will you stay faithful? He responds to faithfulness. He blesses us for our labor. We're storing up treasures in heaven where rust and moths can't destroy. Can't destroy. So I want to encourage you to be like Mary, to go all in and watch what he will do he'll he'll work miracles in you and through you that's it 153 is in the can i want to thank you for hanging out merry christmas tune in next week for episode 154 where we're going to look at the story through the eyes of joseph all right for our producer mike save on check tape we'll see you next week bye-bye PeoriaLife.com.